Welcome back to the Everyday Hustle Podcast. I'm Adam Ali, and I appreciate you all for tuning in to another episode of the Everyday Hustle. So today's guest is a licensed therapist, full-time content creator, a dad girl, a husband, just an overall king who's out there making a difference and really shaping the narrative of Black Excellence, Kier Gaines. Welcome to the Everyday Hustle Podcast. That's quite an introduction. <laughs> Let's do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Thank before you, we get started, perhaps like, you know, in a minute or two, give us a little breakdown of, you know, who you are, your story. Let them know a little bit more about Kier. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm born and raised in Washington, D.C. and Southeast, which is the poorest quadrant of the city. Uh, gentrification kind of got everybody now, so it looks a lot different, but it was raw when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had a childhood that was full of love, but you know, when you grow up in a rough environment, it definitely shapes your personality and the way you see things in a really specific way. So I ended up paying my way through college and getting a lot of corporate experience and realizing that wasn't working for me. So I decided to start helping people. Ended up falling into education, falling into special education, falling into community work. And I was doing that for a while until a viral video exploded and I got an opportunity to create content full time. So now what I do is create content full time that's about therapy and relationships and family and love and all the stuff we humans are confused about. Very dope, very dope. Um, What made you pick up the camera um, to record? I seen that video, but like, like a lot of people maybe don't do that so like what triggered you to pick up the camera well the moment that went viral was the end of a youtube vlog that i had oh so you were Uh, vlogging already yeah yeah we were vlogging on youtube because we had we had a rack of viral videos adam we had my marriage proposal video went viral on youtube so we got monetization so Mm -hmm. we just started creating other content on youtube and i was documenting everything yeah and I, i was trying to close out the video but it was too much music. I was at a pool party and mm-hmm. I started thinking about fatherhood. And for those that don't know, it's a viral video of me just urging men to go to therapy before they start a family because you'll have all of this and you'll never be happy. Like you can't just instant whip a family. It don't work like that. And it went crazy and it, it got me here. But to be honest, I wasn't even gonna post that joint. My wife convinced me. She's like, man, that's really good. Maybe you should post it. The first time mm-hmm. I posted it, it ain't do nothing. The second time I posted, I put some music behind it <laughs> and some captions, <laughs> and it went crazy. Uh, so, yeah, it was just inspired by real life, bro. Being a new father and thinking that I'm going to propose to my girlfriend at the time, and being confused because well, that shit ain't feel the way I thought it would. You know, it was, it was more pressure and, and confusion than anything, and I just put it all out there, and I did not expect the world to react like that at all. There's just something about being authentically vulnerable. Mm-hmm expressing from a raw standpoint that resonates with people um and and i'm for that because we're kind of tired of being politically correct and and it's just sometimes it's just i mean like there's a place there's a time and place for everything but what's really resonating with people you know in this day day and time is just that authentic content um for those who are you know everyone who's tuned in i met kier at a dad's event, mm-hmm. um, not this, not not this summer, but the previous summer, here in Atlanta, Georgia, 
we were both recipients of an award put together by the Dad Gang. Shout out to Dad Gang. Shout out to Sean. Sean, yeah, I actually went to. I was with Sean for his birthday in New York. Oh, I missed that joint. I was sick, man. I was in Hawaii. But yeah, dope. Let's get into um some questions. You know, you being a licensed therapist, uh, you know, what are the most common concerns? that you know male females are bringing to you it's a myriad of things it's with men and women there's certain things that are a little different yeah yeah my male clients i'm noticing because they span not everyone's married not everyone has children they, they're kind of all over the place in terms of where people are in life but a lot of career trajectory um internal turbulence like not really knowing whether to uh, feel yeah. they're in right or try to move on i would have guessed that, that. I would have said that men not being able to intelligently speak about their emotions. That's one of them too. Yeah, it's even though I I push back on that trope a little bit. I think that after being in therapy with men, mm -hmm. it's specifically black men. One thing is clear is that somewhere along childhood, there wasn't really a place to express the entire like platter of emotions and it gets subdued and it gets suppressed so you become an adult that's not familiar you know emotions are like muscles if you don't exercise them they won't grow and you won't really understand what's going on and then you got to realize in the last four years the world has started to require a lot more out of men in terms of understanding of other, the world around them uh yeah. so it, it's a lot of that but don't get it wrong there are a lot of women that can't put words to their emotions too um it, that's very prevalent among women. We don't talk about it as much. But with men, I think finding that turtle motivation is one. Uh, finding motivation towards their passions, that's a yeah. big one. Uh, one, one. Oh, one that I'm really noticing right now is men that are having issues with their stepchildren. Um, men that marry women that have children from a previous relationship. Uh, and those men don't themselves have children. It, it creates quite a uh internal conflict yeah with women uh it's a lot centered around dating a lot centered around dating a lot centered around future and just like social pressures to have children and get married particularly women in their mid-30s whose friends around them are starting to get married and have children uh women who are on the other side of that the women in their 40s and 50s who kids are out of the house and now they're divorced and rediscovering themselves yeah. a lot of self-love um and a lot of changing changing relationships in their lives like your friendships change when you become a mom uh your relationships with the women around you change when your life duties change you know if all your homegirls are still going to brunch and you got four kids and you can't swing it, it it changes your personality a little bit the access you have to the things you enjoy doing or you used to enjoy doing it's just a lot that comes with that so it's very different but in, in essence, Adam, it's a lot of identity stuff. You know what I'm saying? Trying to figure out who you are versus who you've been versus who you're trying to be. I had a podcast session with uh, with my brother Ace Hud. And oh, that's my man. Beautiful family, man. Oh, yeah. And one thing he mentioned was during the quarantine time, it really exposed who you really are in the sense where you have to stay home now. And you couldn't dress up a certain type of way. You yep. couldn't spend the money that you wanted to spend like that because everything was closed. Mm -hmm. So it really made you reflect on who are you, mm -hmm. you know, without all these things. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times where I'm going with this is 
ultimately, in my in my my two cents is the best way to know yourself is away from the noise. Is really just seeing what am, what what am I when I can't go to the brunch, when I can't go to the cigar joint with my boys, when I can't do X Y Z. Who are you? And um, I think that's key. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. It's it's. What is your life when you strip yourself of, of your distractions? Ah, well said. Yeah, when you strip yourself of your distractions, what is your life? Most of us will never have to know because you can always find a distraction. And yeah. added, if you find a productive distraction, you can really feel like you're, you're making progress towards something you're not. You're distracting yourself from hard things by doing hard things that you actually enjoy. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I think a lot of us are in that. Oh, We're yeah. just workaholics. It's productive in a sense of, you know, it's monetary, mm -hmm. but the inner work is being suppressed. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's tough because hey, I feel where Ace is at. Like, you, your mask disappear. Mm -hmm. It's it's You can't run from anything when you have nowhere to go. If I, if I don't like my personality, I can't run to the bar and find people to validate the most charismatic version of myself because I'm stuck at home. Back, back to what quality do you think men and or women are losing or not expressing enough, which then is bringing a negative outcome to themselves, to a relationship? That's a good question. I, with men and women specifically, I know that men and women have this huge civil war going on right now. So I try to be careful about what I'm saying because I don't want to fan those ridiculous flames. But I think that both men and women really struggle with their expectations. What your partner emotionally owes you. Um, it's like, I don't know if you got Facebook or not. I keep Facebook. You got Facebook? You still got your Facebook active? Yeah, yeah, I got a Facebook fan page. Yeah, so I got a Facebook fan page and like a regular just me page from when yeah. I had cornrows in two thousand and six. Mm. But but Facebook gives you a good a good post on where the people you grew up with are mentally because you'll see these posts and folks will be like, "Oh, y'all will go out and support Beyonce, but you won't support your your cousin's business or." People will mm -hmm. do everything but support your business. And that's a really good definition of expectations. No one owes you to support your business. It's nice if they do. It's a generous show of support, but nobody owes you that. That expectation belongs to you and only you. And, and in relationships, people do the same thing with things that they think they, they're old. The brain has a hard time making a difference between being treated like a king or queen and being mistreated it's just like it's black and white there's a lot in between that where someone's not mistreating you they're just not treating you ideally how you would how you would like to be treated um, i think men struggle with that super hard when they get into relationships and women aren't exactly the woman isn't she's her own individual person she's not exactly what you want women struggle when they have this idea of what a man and a leader is supposed to be and yeah. they get into a relationship and realize that's a person leadership isn't a skill you're born with is a skill you develop and then yeah. you get disappointed when the reality doesn't meet your sky high expectation so uh th those those things have, have really been a struggle for each gender uniquely but no one's really taking a step back to realize that they're they're, they're knee deep in their own stuff and their own delusion and their own self sense of self-importance 
I don't know where I'm gonna be going with this, so I'm just gonna start it and we'll see. Oh, here you go. <laughs> uh, I'm, tr I'm trying to I'm trying to break this down and decipher it into the smallest piece possible. Let's do it. So we have a young girl who is uh, constantly told that she's a princess. Um, she's cute. She's beautiful. From like five, four, I mean, sorry, from four-year-old all the way to 13, she's the princess. And um, we have a, a boy who is being raised and he's trying to figure out how do I become valuable? Because ain't nobody like complimenting us unless we're fast. The woman becomes automatically the prize here. And I think that's that 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 partakes in how they view things with in terms of expectations. Uh -huh. And the man needs to become. Man is constantly facing that battle of becoming because we don't we are not the prize from birth. Uh -huh. We need, we only become the prize. We don't even become the prize. We can only become powerful so that we have options. That's it. I never heard it put quite like that before. What I mean by that is when you do the work and you go through the process, the, our prize becomes the ability to have options now. Mm -hmm. um, again, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm trying to figure out like how do how do women have all these expectations and where, you know, how do men become the way that they think? Mm -hmm. All right. I get where you're going. I see. I see where you're going. I don't think that there's an answer to that because yeah. expectations have to come from something. They have to be rooted in something. So the question then becomes, well, what is this expectation rooted in? And remember, we live in two competing worlds. We live in two competing worlds yeah. at, at the same time. So if, if the whenever, if I ever have a woman, and keep in mind, men have their own same exaggerated version of an expectation for the opposite sex or an expectation for a partner, because same-sex couples have expectations that are aligned as well. But it, it usually, the answer comes back from media, from television or movies, especially if a person didn't have, an, a woman didn't have an example of that in her home necessarily, or there just aren't strong representations of that in her community and her upbringing and which is fine because men develop expectations of women through media and television the, the problem is that those aren't steeped in reality that is a group of very creative people in a room building a character through ideas and that character that they steve urkel was built you know, you fell in love with that character on purpose. It was the brilliance of the actor, but they also made his glasses look a certain way. They made his lines look a certain way. It's 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 to evoke an emotional reaction in you that attaches you to that character a certain way. People in life don't exist that perfectly or that linearly. He, yeah, he might be a leader, but he's probably have a whole bunch of other qualities that aren't going to be uh that aren't going to be favorable like nobody wants to be with a person who's stubborn or narrow-minded or controlling but these are qualities that people have um i don't know where those expectations come from but women have a really unique position at least what i'm kind of noticing as a therapist that that just the economic power is increasing and like little girls like my daughter, she's being told that she can be whatever she wants, that she's independent and she's strong. I don't do the princess thing. That's just not my 
motif. I'd rather my daughter feel confident in who she is just in general. Um, not saying there's anything wrong with the whole princess thing, but I, I don't want to set a tone for her for how she is supposed to believe the world is going to treat her. Um, because we live in the world we live in, not the one we wish exists. So it's it comes from a number of different things. It's a life experience. It's expectations for what we see in film and media. It's social expectations. I, I post a picture of me and my wife and and it looks in our kids and everybody smiling everybody moisturized but it don't tell the story about how strugglesome everything else is outside of that or how hard it is to keep a healthy relationship it's a lot of work so it's it's a mix of a lot of social factors man i don't think we could point to one particular thing but it does exist so we have to acknowledge it though well said care what makes a man first of all do you even believe in this this term the high valued man is that (laughs) um but if so like what makes a man become or what is a high value man to you what are traits that men need to carry in order to lead um better i don't think every man is built for leadership i think that that doesn't make sense to me okay that that doesn't make sense to me you're not entitled to be a leader because because you born with a joint, you know, because you have a penis, that doesn't mean you're, you're entitled to be a leader. That's that's a ridiculous notion. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. The high, I'll tell you what I think about this high value, man. I just got introduced to Andrew Tate. I didn't even know who that was. Somebody told me mm-hmm. about it. And I just, I, I recently just found out who he is and he uses his term a lot. And that coined this, it's actually Kevin Samuel. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Kevin Samuel coined it, but I I knew about him before. But I just someone just put me on to this this guy's content. Yeah. And, um, the thing that bothers me about the high value man trope is that when we talk about value, we never talk about character. Okay. That's the thing that disappoints me. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess high. I don't know what value means. That term doesn't mean anything in a vacuum. Like who's placing the value? I, I, I don't, if the value is not, you're the only person who can place your value. It only belongs to you. Once it goes outside of you, I don't I don't know what kind of value it is anymore. Um, we just don't talk about character, who you are in a room when you're alone and no one else is around. Are you going to choose to do the right thing or not? The, the, thinking about value, like the cars you own and the clothes you own, that's material success. Material success is not value. No. That's completely different. Those things are an extension of you. They're not who you are. And I think when we continue to say things like high value man and not really dig deep, like we're spreading that conversation wide, but we ain't drilling into it. When we talk about just titles like that, it conflates material success and actual, like your moral character. Are you a, a, a person to be trusted in your community? Do people feel safe around you? I don't care if you make $400,000 a year. It, that doesn't matter to me. Are you a good person? Are you a trusting person? Do you feel, you know, do you provide for the people who are around for you to the best of your abilities? Not monetarily. Do you give your time? Do you give your attention? Do you give your advice and your wisdom? Do you care about people genuinely? Do you nourish the shit that you put into the ground? You know, do you take care of the spaces around you? We never talk about that when we talk about high value. So now it's people that have a lot of stuff, but they don't have a lot of high moral character because it's not being prioritized in the communities that they are a part of. 
So I, I don't know, man. I've been broke and I've been I've had a, a good amount of money. And the only difference, the only thing that mattered to me and stayed the same is who I was on the inside. That's the shit that makes me feel good when I go to sleep at night. I agree. I think um, a, a lot of vanity is associated to high value this, high value that. And like you said, you said it really well. It really boils down to who are you when you are by yourself? Will you do the right thing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Adam, how many dudes do you know, like real life? How many dudes do you know when you talk and they talk about just their value and their work? They talk about it in monetary terms. So they talk about their value with in, in terms of what they do for a living, the material possessions they have, or the women that's around them. Would okay. you say that's a majority or a minority of the the men that you have at the very least a casual conversation with? Yeah, definitely minimal. And it's it's pretty evident how these people are, are, are in my opinion, are a product of heartbreak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot. Right? So the, the heartbreak is what turns these guys into that. We can see your insecurities. We can see when you're raising your voice why it's like that. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like, from a human experience... What is at what is at the highest form of expression? It's to experience love, and a lot of these guys just experience lust. They'll never experience these high, you know, human experience these high valuable human experiences um, because of insecurities. I don't disagree with you. I don't. I think that one. One of the more unfortunate pieces of this is where do these men get any type of information to have a change in perspective? Because when when this is introduced, it's always blaming an accusatory. These men don't understand. Y'all ain't doing this. Y'all are, and and I, I get the frustration behind that, but that's not a tone that's going to lend itself to change behavior. There's no general voice for these dudes. There's, there's no gentle push. There's no gentle corrective behavior language. Like, nah, that ain't really how I do it. It's always demeaning. If you're if you're a man and you think this, you're a bad person. As opposed to saying, you're a man and you think this. And I understand why you think that way. But let me give you something to give you a different perspective. It's just not pitched that way. Um, and, and I don't know how people take a step back and like, huh, maybe I could do things different when they're feeling blamed and accused. Yeah. And just adding to that, I think what is very important is just how we make one another feel. And although like guys like, you know, Andrew Tate and Kevin Samuels um, have these, these, these strong type of messages, I think it rubs people the wrong way because of their tone. And people have this like this little, they have this sour thing about these guys, no matter what they say, because their delivery is just not welcoming. And I get being raw and all that, but people are going to remember how you feel. And that's why when Kevin Samuel, like these women hated him because of, even if he was saying the truth, it's just how he made people feel. We got to be mindful on about that. That's one thing that my training really taught me is to be mindful of how your words land, especially when people have different experiences. Like my, so my master's is not just in talk therapy. 
outside of a master's in clinical rehabilitation counseling, which is helping individuals who have disabilities either return to work or just return to everyday functioning. Let's say somebody was in a really bad car accident and they lose the, the, the loss of their right arm. That person still has to go back to work. So what supports are you want to put in place so that they can still function and thrive? And I, I don't have a disability. You know, most of us will eventually. So I don't have one yet. You know, not that I know of. And it's hard to jump in that mind frame. But that training really taught me when you're a man and you live life as a man, there's just things that you're not going to see. I fall asleep in an Uber. What? I catch a nap in an Uber in a second. When I walk through a crowd of young men, I'm not tripping. Because at the very least, if I feel threatened, I know I can defend myself. I feel very confident in my ability to defend and protect myself. My wife don't feel the same way, so we have a different perspective for life. Um, just like when I learned in the disability training, if somebody has a sign language interpreter and you're trying to have a conversation with them, don't talk to the interpreter. Talk to them. Look, Make eye contact with them and talk. They'll look at the interpreter and figure out what you're saying. That's things that people don't think about, and I think it's easy to kind of, um, you know, storm storm the castle with, with pitchforks and torches understandably of course when people do things wrong but it's not always under, understood that that person is so far outside of their lived experience that they can't comprehend exactly why what they're doing is so off-putting yeah totally. still you gotta change that behavior though you can't be out here wilding because you ain't know better i ain't trying to hear that facts facts very dope um so kier what's next like what's brewing what what, what are you working on what's kind of how you finishing the year? Man, strong, bro. I got a book I'm trying to start writing next year. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this out loud and hold myself accountable. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, moving. We're building a new home. We've been very, very fortunate with some dope opportunities. Uh, we're building a new house, getting these girls ready for school. My baby start kindergarten tomorrow. Wow. Uh, yeah, man. I'm living life on life terms, bro. I'm, I'm taking it all in. I'm dodging the jabs and the uppercuts. You know, a few overhand rights hit me in the jaw right now and then, but I ain't fall yet. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it happen, dog. Congrats on that. Uh, I'm excited to, to learn more about the book. I appreciate you, Kier, for like, you know, taking some time to step in here into the Everyday Hustle podcast and just discussing um, various matters around relationships, relationships, dynamics. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you for having me on, dog. This was a good time. My pleasure, my bro. Well, thank you all for tuning into another episode here at the Everyday Hustle. Be sure to follow Kier. I'll put all the links in the description below. So follow me. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you so much for tuning into another Everyday Hustle podcast episode. Keep up with all my releases by visiting Amazon.com slash Everyday Hustle. Find me on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms. Appreciate you all. I'm out. Peace.